For those of you that are new, my name is Brad, and uh, I'm the middle school pastor here, so I'm pumped you're here. If you're new especially, we're, we're really excited you're here. And then everybody else, just welcome back, because not everybody was here last week, so I'm glad a lot of you are back this week. So, what if? First two weeks, we said, what if we really loved God? Second week, we said, what if we really loved other people? And then tonight, we want to ask the question, what if... We were the church. What if we were the church? Now we're going to break down what does that mean and get into kind of the nitty-gritty of it. You don't even know what that means? The nitty-gritty? The nitty-gritty? Okay, we're going to get into the, to the details. What does that mean to be the church? What if we were the church? What do you mean what if we were the church? We're in the church right now. So what are you talking about, bro? Well... Um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These are the verses we're going to look at tonight, kind of talk about them, uh, but we're going to read them first, okay? So if you got your Bible, check that out. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. If you don't have it, presto, there it is on the screen. Read this with me. You don't have to read it out loud. Just follow along with me. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So who's talking here? Jesus, yes, nice. Jesus said this, and we know that because uh, it says it in the very beginning. Uh, Jesus said to them. Who's the them that he's talking to? The disciples. Yes. So Jesus is talking to the disciples. It's right before he leaves earth, and he's kind of giving them this last charge. And it's called the great, anybody know? Commission, yeah, somebody said it back there. The Great Commission. Who said it? Oh, Logan, look at that. Bonus points over there. Nice. Uh, The Great Commission. Jesus gives this to his disciples right before he leaves in Matthew 28. So those are the verses we're going to focus on. That's the command. That's the charge that Jesus gives us. What does it mean? What is it about? How can we do it? So Jesus tells us to go and make what? Disciples. And he's talking to who? Disciples. What? Did he go to the school of redundancy school? Give it a second. It'll kick in. School of redundancy school. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. So Jesus is telling the disciples to go make disciples, right? Yes. Okay, so what is a disciple is my question to you. You can answer out loud. What do you think? Show me a hand and I'll call on you. Yeah, what is it? Ooh, a follower of God. I like it. Any other guesses? Yeah? Follower of Jesus? Follower of God? Yes? One of the first followers of God. All those answers are correct. And just to define it, we'll say this right here, okay? Um, A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. Both of y'all right here in the front. Y'all just killed it. Y'all did awesome. Uh, So someone who's following, what does that even mean though? Following Jesus. That means living your life the way Jesus did. You're following them. You're doing the things that he did. You're trying to live the same way he lived. You do the things he said to do. When we follow the leader, you ever played that game as a kid? 
Yeah, you do whatever the leader's doing, right? So when we're following Jesus, same thing. We're doing whatever Jesus is doing. So that's the disciple. Really simple way to kind of define what that is. Hopefully that makes sense. Now, who is us? That's terrible English, isn't it? Who is us? Who are you? If, let, me, let me clarify that. Who are you if you're here and you say, I'm a Christian and I'm following Jesus, who are you? You're a disciple. So you are like the disciples that Jesus was talking to in Matthew 28. Because you are following who? Jesus. Yes. Now, disciples, apparently, from what Jesus says, are meant to make more what? Disciples. We're just getting... This word like drilled into our heads right now, right? I mean, disciples, ooh, man, disciple, disciples, it's all over the place. But Jesus calls the disciples in Matthew to make more disciples. But if we're disciples, he's talking to us as well. So therefore, we're supposed to make what? More disciples. And we already said a disciple is somebody who follows Jesus, right? So all of you in this room that say you're a Christian are called to make more people follow Jesus. To help them to do that. And I don't know about you, but when I was in middle school, that was the freakiest thing about Christianity to me. It was. Like, it scared me to death. Like, dude, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to tell somebody about Jesus? It would freak me out. My palms would start to sweat. I'd get the big rings under my pits. I'd start to, like, get the, the, the cold sweats and start to shake. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. But hopefully tonight, you, you get a little bit less freaked out. Because it's not quite as scary as it sounds. Because when I was in middle school and I heard this, or even high school, in, in, in the beginning of college, I thought this, right? If I'm supposed to help make a disciple, show somebody how to follow Jesus, it's like I felt like I needed to be a preacher or something at them. Which is kind of funny that I'm a pastor now. But then it freaked me out and it scared me. Because I didn't get what all that meant. But it's really you just being you. It's you just following Jesus yourself. And then you being intentional in how God uses that. It doesn't mean you have to go and memorize some kind of sermon on how to get somebody to know Jesus. You don't have to go memorize half the Bible. You don't have to do those things to help make disciples. If you do those things, that's great. But you don't have to do those things. So, how do we do this then? How do we make disciples? How do we help people follow Jesus? Well... I'm glad you asked. We have a little, a little plan here. Can anybody read that word for me? Bless. bless. We want to bless people. Is it, have you ever heard somebody say, bless your heart? Oh, bless your heart. It's usually after you do something dumb, right? Like you, you just tripped and fell and your face planted in a, in a cake or something. Or you just got a really terrible grade on a test. Or you just tried out for the basketball team for the fifth time in a row and you got cut again. Uh, and somebody says, well, bless your heart. Uh, well, in this case, we really do want to bless people. And we really want to bless their hearts. And we want to bless them in a way that points them to Jesus and helps them know Jesus. So this whole idea of bless is actually an acronym. It's an acrostic. It, it stands for something else, right? So... I'm going to break down what that means because a lot of you are like, what does that mean? Um, 
Each letter stands for something, okay? And it's going to help you know how to help people see Jesus and know Jesus, okay? And the first one's really simple, and it's this. Begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. If you want to help somebody know Jesus, you need to just start to pray for them first. If you want to help them to be a disciple, start asking God to show Jesus to them. And it might be through you, it might be through somebody else, but at the end of the day, you need to start right here. Start praying for them, number one. Now, a lot of you, let's be honest, come from a family where you're the only Christian in the family. Your mom and dad aren't Christians, your brothers and sisters aren't Christians, it's just you. And so one of the first people you might think of that you want to know Jesus is your family. So start praying for them. Start asking God to show himself to them. And maybe it's through you, maybe it's through some random thing that they see on TV or on the radio or some conversation they have with a coworker, or maybe it's from something they hear from you. But you're not worried about all that necessarily, you're just praying for them. That's the very first step, start to pray for them. God, just please help my mom or my dad or my brother, or if it's not your family, your friends or your neighbors, God, please help the next door neighbors see Jesus and know Jesus in some kind of way. Help them start to be a disciple. So start with prayer. Begin with prayer. Prayer is huge. It's powerful. We could do a whole night just on prayer. We could do a whole like year on prayer, but we're not gonna. We're just gonna say begin with prayer. Prayer is just you talking to God and just asking him to do something. So that's the first thing. L. Listen to their story. Listen to them. Have you ever heard or seen like a, a person in a city? And, and I, I even experienced this at a Falcons game last year. I went to a Falcons game. I was going to get my ticket ripped and go into the door at the Georgia Dome. And there was somebody right at the entrance with a bullhorn and some pamphlets, right? And they were just yelling at everybody. They were very upset very angry at something. And they were telling people they were going to go die and burn in hell and they needed to repent. And it was, it was the things they were saying, it's not that they were wrong and, and not that they were inaccurate. Uh, it was just done in a way that most people don't respond well to, right? Like if somebody yells at you and you don't even know them and they're telling you you're going to burn in hell, do you usually respond well to that? Are you usually like, Oh, shucks, you're right. I need to change my ways. I mean, probably not. You're probably not like that. You might do that. God works in mysterious ways, right? I mean, who knows? But most likely you aren't doing that. Most likely you're kind of rolling your eyes at the guy. You're like, okay, (laughs) boo-boo. Or you're just totally ignoring them. Like in my case, when I walked by this guy at the Georgia Dome, I'm just like, me, 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 going to get to watch the Falcons. I don't want to hear you yell at me. So I, I was trying to ignore him. So we don't want people to just yell at us and tell us things. We first want somebody to know that they care about what we have to say, right? So if you are wanting somebody to know Jesus and you want God to use you to show himself to them, then just start to listen to to whoever it is that you're praying for. Start to listen to what's going on in their life. Start to listen to what it is, the questions they're asking, either about God or just life in general or whatever. 
And it's not saying you have to have any answers, just listen to them. How many of you have been in a place at some point where you just want somebody to listen, you don't want them to try to fix it, you don't want them to do anything with it? Just let me vent all over you and just kind of throw up information all over you for a second. And you don't have to do anything with it, just let me vent for a second. Just listen to me, okay? We all need that at some point. All of us need to just be listened to. And if you ever talk to somebody and they never listen to you, you probably don't like to talk to them very much, right? If they're that person that's always just the one telling you about what's going on with them, and then when you start to say something about you, they kind of like let you get into it like two sentences, and then they start going again about themselves. And it's like, oh, man, they don't care about what's going on with me. So begin with prayer, but then start to listen to them. Start to talk to them, but, but listen. And some of these people that you're praying for, most of them you probably know pretty well. But some of you might start praying for somebody you don't know that lives down the street. Or somebody in your fourth period that you know just needs Jesus. And so you're praying for them. And you've maybe never talked to them before. When you start to talk to them, just ask them questions and listen. Listen to them talk. Listen to them answer the questions you ask. Sometimes... Especially at school and especially in middle school, you asking somebody a question that you know doesn't get talked to very much changes their whole day. The fact that somebody was interested to hear them say something. It can change everything. If you're having a terrible day and somebody asks you what's going on or why are you having a bad day or what's, you know, what's the deal, for a lot of us, that really helps. It really makes us feel better just for somebody to even ask us that. So start with prayer and then start to, when you talk to people, start to listen to them. Like just ask them questions and be interested. Next thing. And y'all are going to like this one. This is my favorite one. Out of the bunch. Eat together. Yeah. Break some bread. Share a meal. Now, this can be even easier for you guys where you're at right now. Because you guys have a lunch period, right? I mean, you're automatically around people. So it's like built-in people lunchtime, right there. So if one of the people you're praying for is in your lunch period and you're able to sit with them, then at some point after you've been praying for them and you've talked to them for a a little while and been listening to their story, maybe you, you sit down with them and you eat lunch together one day. Now you build up to that, right? I'm not saying tomorrow sit down at lunch with some random stranger. You might freak them out. Now, if you already know them, that's probably not weird. That's probably, that's probably normal. And that's cool. Do it. And some of you might be like, what's the deal with eating together? Uh-oh. 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 Let me do it again. I can do it again. Oh. oh, it's back. Okay. So the reason we eat together is this, Okay. When we eat together, usually conversation happens when you eat. And there's just something about eating together that bonds people together. Like families, traditionally in the movies, when they all are together, a lot of times they're doing what? Talking, <laughs> Talking while they're doing what? Eating. eating, right? They're usually sharing a big meal together at night or it's the holidays and everybody gets together. Because eating, for whatever reason, 
can kind of bond us together and it can help our relationship grow and it can keep people connected. So if you're praying for a person, you're wanting them to come to know Jesus, you want them to start to be a disciple, you're praying for them, then you start talking to them, you're listening to them, you're starting to learn more about them, then kind of go to the next step and eat with them. Because it's not until you eat with somebody that you start to really get to know somebody, right? Like if they chew with their mouth open or closed. If they're like the smackers, like... So, in math class, I totally flunked the quiz. And they like do that while they're chewing and, and, you know, little pieces of stuff hit you in the face. It's really nasty. Um, Or maybe they're like that person that takes the bites and then they kind of do this the whole time while they chew. Like they're very proper and polite. Um, It's typically, typically girls. I don't see a lot of guys doing this, but if you do, it's cool. I'm not making fun of you. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Uh, so everybody eats different, but you start to really see people loosen up when you eat a meal together. So it's just another layer of helping get to know somebody and build the relationship. So eat together. Fourth is serve them. Serve them. Do something nice for them. Help them out in some kind of way. Now, again, this could be somebody you know really well, or it could be somebody you don't know very well. And through this process, you're getting to know them. You've, you've started to pray for them. You started to talk to them, and you were listening. And then you ate uh, a meal together. Maybe you've eaten a few meals together. Now you're starting to look for ways to help them and serve them and do something nice for them. Now, when somebody serves you and does something nice for you, that's kind of like out of nowhere. For, it's not like anybody's trying to get anything out of you. It's not like they help you with your homework, and then they say, well, that'll be 50 bucks. <laughs> That's not very helpful. It's they're just doing it to be nice. They're just doing it to serve you. When people do that, how does it typically make you feel towards that person? <laughs> awkward? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if awkward is what I typically feel. I usually feel grateful. I usually feel like this person really cares about me. I usually feel like this person is, yeah, you might feel suspicious. Maybe you're not used to people doing nice stuff for you, but, uh, but yeah, you might feel good about that. You might, you might feel like I can trust this person. And remember all this is happening with the first three things. Those first three things happen first. You're building a relationship with somebody and then you just start to help them, serve them, be nice to them. Now let's, let's again, keep it real here. Is there a lot of serving going on in middle school in the good way? Not like that you got served, but like, I'm going to serve you. Like, is that happening in middle school a lot? No, it doesn't happen a lot. And, and some of you are being honest right here. Like some of you might feel uncomfortable or weird because you might be skeptical if that kind of stuff happens because it doesn't happen a lot, right? So This is why this is a big part of this. When you start to serve somebody, because it's so different than everybody else. And following Jesus is what? Different than following anybody else. Following Jesus is not meant to look like everybody else. Following Jesus is not meant to look like following, I'm just going to throw a random name out, Derek Jeter. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I'm just saying it's not going to look the same. They're different people. Following Jesus looks different than following a supermodel. 
They do different things. They're different people. Jesus is perfect. He's the son of God. So when you're following him, things are going to look different. And that's a good thing. So you doing these things, begin with prayer. Listen to their story. Eat together. Serve them. All leads to this last thing. And this is when you start to maybe open up a little bit more. And this is the first part where you even start to purposefully, intentionally mention God. And it's share your story. And this isn't share like all the Bible verses you've ever memorized. This is share your personal story. What has God done in your life? All the four things above that, you're not directly telling them about Jesus with your words. How are you showing them Jesus with the first four things? Through your actions, through the way you're serving them, through the things you're doing for them, just the way you're living your life, right? That's not too freaky and scary. Because you don't have to have a speech memorized. You don't have to know a bunch of Bible verses. You're just living out the way Jesus called us to live in those first four. And then the last one is just you telling them what God's done in your life. Now, most times when you hear somebody say you need to share Jesus with somebody, you can flip this upside down. And they start with, share your story. Tell them about Jesus first thing. And again, like we said before, God can use that. I'm not... I'm not totally just saying that that's useless. But typically, if you go through these steps first and build a relationship, God will use that more so than just hitting them right in the face with the Bible first thing. So after you've done these first four things, fifth thing, you tell them what God has done in your life. Now, these are personal, real stories, right? And it's after you've built a relationship with this person. So you have to be a little bit vulnerable in this, at, this point, at this part and, and just kind of be honest. Like I struggled with this. I used to lie to my parents all the time. I used to hate, hate, hate my brother. Like I wanted him to die literally. I'm not saying me personally. I'm saying this could be any one of you, right? Um, so you have to be honest about those things and then say, but, but God changed this. I really started to try to stop lying to my parents. It didn't make me feel good when I lied to them. It, it, it just messed up our relationship. So I've been working on the lying thing. I don't hate my brother anymore. I can honestly say I love him. I don't always like him, but I do love him. So things start to change in your life. God changes things in your life. Now, let's, let, let's just be honest and real again not all of us have the same story so there's not any comparison and there's not any their stories better than theirs or anything like that because a lot of times when we think of a story and what God's done in our life sometimes we think well I need to have a story where it's like I was addicted to drugs and I was in rehab and then I went to prison and then God got a hold of me and now I'm a preacher it doesn't have to be that It does not have to be like that. It could totally be what I said before. I struggled with lying. I had a hard time with hating people. I gossiped a lot. I tried to be all, I was all about me for a long time. But God changed whatever it is, those things inside of me. And and God's still changing us, right? We're not perfect yet. We haven't arrived. God's still working on things in us. 
And that will always be the case. But you just sharing that story opens up the conversation to who? To God, to, to talking about who God is, to talking about who Jesus is. And then it allows that person to ask questions and for you to answer those questions and you to just speak from personal experience about who Jesus is. So bless is a way that you can start to help people see Jesus and know Jesus without being freaked out by it. You might begin with prayer for like a month. You might stay on B for a month. Then you start to talk to them. And you listen to their story for another month. And then you eventually eat lunch with them. And you eat, you, you eat maybe a couple lunches with them. And then you start to serve them and, and, and you do a couple things nice for them. And then eventually you just get to a place in a conversation, maybe it's sharing another meal. Maybe, maybe it's while you're serving them where you just kind of talk about your life. And talk about who God is in that and what role he's played in your life and the changes he's made and who you're trying to be and who you're living for now. So it's very relational. It's very just who you are. It's not a ton of pressure on you and it's not you trying to be some kind of pastor preacher person. It's just you being you, living your life around the people that God's put you around. And like I said, this this could go really quick or really slow. It kind of depends on how you know the person, right? If this is a close family member or a friend, you might go through this thing pretty quick because you already know them. If there's somebody you don't even know, it might take six months to go through this. So it's different for everybody. But it's a, it's a really easy way to kind of know this is how I start to make disciples. This is how I start to help people follow Jesus. They have to know Jesus first. I can't just start following Jesus if I don't even know who he is. So this is the way to introduce them to Jesus. Then, once they know Jesus, then you can both start to learn and grow together, right? Because all of us are disciples and all of us are following Jesus. Are any of us perfect? No, we're going to all keep learning and we're going to all keep working on things. I'm still working on things. Your leaders are still working on things. We're all trying to follow Jesus better and more and learning more about who he is. And so when you introduce somebody to Jesus, and hopefully at some point they're like, dude, I want to know Jesus like you know Jesus. Like I want to I be a Christian. I want to do that. I want to know God. I want to follow him. And they start to do that. They accept Jesus. They, in the church world, we call that getting saved. They get saved. They pray to accept Christ. And then they start to, to try to follow him like you are. Then you guys can start to study the Bible together. You can start to pray together. You can start to try to do this together. And it's not just you. And some of you, you're the only friend that you have that's a Christian. You don't have any other friends that know Jesus. You don't have any other friends that are trying to follow God. Some of them might say they're Christians, but they're not necessarily following Jesus. So part of this is helping just other people follow Jesus with you. But the bigger part of this is this is what Jesus has called us to. To make more disciples. To share Jesus with more people. So that more people can do this journey of following him 
the way we are and know eternal life and know Jesus and be saved and have hope and know this love and this unconditional grace and, and these things that we can know only when we know Jesus. And so all that happens through this, through trying to bless people and trying to share Jesus with people. So, what is the church? We're going to get back to the church now. We've talked about disciples, we've talked about bless, but what is the church? Because at the beginning we said, what if we were the church? So, what is the church? You can answer out loud. Anybody think you know what the church is? It's the place you worship God, us, the house of God. Disciples. Okay. All right. Every, <laughs> the place where disciples worship God. Nice. That like combined all those answers. Yeah. The place where we're at right now. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Everything you guys just said is right. Like every answer I just heard was right. Unless y'all said something that was weird and I didn't hear it. Uh, uh. So all those things are right. Even that's right. Place where you can get pizza for $2. Um, because the church is made up of disciples, which is us. And the Bible actually says that we are the temple of God now because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Which means this is the place that we worship, Right? We can worship wherever we are because God's spirit is in us, right? And so the church is us. We are the church, the disciples of Jesus, the ones following after him, trusting in him as their savior are the church. And there's no age like thing on that. It's not like the older Christians are the church and you guys are the hooligans that nobody wants to talk to. It's not that. It's all of us are the church. So when when I say the church and Christians and disciples, I'm not talking about the older folks, the the adults. A lot of you in here have, you, you are much further along in your walk with God than a lot of adults I know. You're the church right now. So this is you too. So we are the church. All of us in here who would say we're a disciple, we're following Jesus, we are the church. So the question is, again, what if we were the church? What if we were really the church? What if we did this? What if we made disciples? What if we followed Jesus and then helped other people follow Jesus? Because when I was in middle school, I did not think this way. I thought about Jesus on Wednesday night or Sunday morning when I was at church. And that's about it. But that's not how God calls us to live. And that's not what Jesus asked. He asked us to think about him all the time. And to live for him all the time. When you're in your lacrosse practice. Practice. That doesn't make sense. Practice. You're thinking about how can I bless somebody in my in my practice right now. When you're sitting in math class and you're bored to death because you're sick of talking about X and Y or long division or whatever you're in right now. When you're in that class, are you ever thinking, how can I bless somebody in this class? 
You're probably not. I know I didn't. But that doesn't mean you can't. And it doesn't mean God can't use you right now and start using you right now. So what if you guys leave here and yes, this is the church when we're all together right now, but what if you guys were the church out there at your middle school, in your neighborhood, in your family and you were making disciples, you were following what Jesus commanded you to do and you're following him yourself but you're also helping other people do the same thing. And you just begin with prayer. Then you start to listen to other people's stories. Then you start to eat with them. Then you start to serve them. And then eventually you share your story with them. And then they do that same thing with somebody else. And they do that same thing with somebody else. And they do that same thing with somebody else. And it turns into exactly what happened after Jesus gave that command in Matthew 28. Where he said to the disciples on that mountain, the very first disciples, he says, hey, go tell people to do the things I've commanded you to do. I'm with you. When you go do this, I'm with you. I'm helping you. Wherever you go, go and do this. That same thing that he asked them to do, we're doing it today. Wherever we go, we're helping people become disciples. We're telling them about who Jesus is and how to follow him. And you can start to do it now. You can wake up tomorrow. You can get home tonight and begin with prayer. God might put somebody on your heart tonight. And that's one of my prayers tonight is just that you would have somebody kind of on your heart. This one name, maybe a couple names that you're like, man, I really want to see this person know God. I want to see Jesus do something in this person's life. And you start to pray for them tonight. And you start to bless them going forward. And that you would be the church outside of this building.